Super Nerd Podcast, the adventure that brings you the latest nerd news and rumors from movies, TV, entertainment, and sometimes science. You name it, if it is nerdy, we are talking about it. And tonight's main event is Zack Snyder's Justice League Nerdo. I am your host, Austin, and with me, as always, is the amazing Amanda. Hey! The wild, the elusive Jekka. Hello. The rambunctious Bob. Hello. And Burn Brady Burn. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, folks, thanks so much for joining us. Obviously, we're talking. Oh, oh, Justice League! It's. Wait, oh, Justice League! We're, calm we're, down! We're obviously talking Justice League. Not that, that exciting. Yes, it is! You knocked that off right now! I will have none of that. I will have none of that this early oh, yes. in the podcast. You knocked that off. Anyways, we're talking Justice League, plus a whole bunch of other nerd news to include Martin Freeman saying Chadwick Boseman's passing is still throwing Black Panther 2 for a loop. Falcon and the Winter Soldier's showrunner talks U.S. agents' place in the series. Guess what? Three more Game of Thrones series are in the work and a whole lot more, so make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button. We would love to nerd out with you each and every week, and if you've already hit that podcast subscribe button, you know what I'm going to say to you. Plus 10 Nerd XP. Nerd XP. We love you guys. And for everyone else, as soon as you hit that podcast subscribe button, you too can start earning some nerd XP. Nerd XP. But in the meantime, Jekka, what's nerdy with you? Um, okay, so one of my cohort so right now it's the what is it, the NCAA college basketball tournament. Mm-hmm. Something rather not nerdy. March Madness. <laughs> but here's the nerdy part of it. So my coworker found the bracket and sent it to all of us and he's like you guys let's fill this out and actually like do this it'll be fun and I was like well my family we're not into sports like the closest we get to sports is watching the Olympics and even then we haven't done that in years Quidditch so (laughs) oh I would watch Quidditch yeah I would totally go there anyways um but yeah so I was just like I don't know any of these teams so to make my bracket because I wanted to still participate and make my bracket yeah so I rolled a D20. Oh, yeah. I'm the winner of each of the brackets. Nice. And it has not bode well for me. <laughs> Already my two teams that like I predicted would go to the finals or I rolled would go to the finals are out of the running. <laughs> oh, boy. So I'm like, so was, it's still you fun. You rolled a one. Like, yeah. So it was just funny. Like, and my friend thought, or my coworker, who's also my friend, he thought that was the funniest thing ever. And so he's like, keeps asking me for updates on how my bracket's going because he thought it was funny. I rolled a D20 to determine everything. <laughs> that, that is pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. That is pretty funny. Well, that's the nerdiest way to do March Madness, I would say. Yeah. And I'm like, I probably will do it from now on just because it was so much fun to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel invested in it now. <laughs> All right, Brady, what's nerdy with you? First off, mad props to Jekka for that. That's like pro-level nerddom right there. Yes. Uh, I'm in love with that. Um, you know, I haven't done that. But when you are a nerd, then what 
it, it's more a question of what did you do that wasn't nerdy, right? So, <laughs> yeah, really. It's, Very true. it's a lifestyle. It's not an event, right? Um, I did go through and uh, late to the party, but finished up Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, I still had the rest of season six and all the season seven to go. So I finished that up last week. Um, but that's it, really. Hadn't been nerding out a lot. So Yeah, I I really enjoyed season seven. I did too. I thought and it was the ending super clever was, how they did that. So well, I, and it was so there were so many tendrils, right? And there was so much to bring back together. Yeah. But I think they did a great job. I think season seven really saved from season five, right? If you can slog through season five oh, big time. and make it to the end, it's yeah. it's definitely worth the payoff. It, it was a good it was a good ending to the storyline. When did that show end? Season I think seven. It was last year. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, time, timeline. Oh, oh. it ended last year, Jacob. So in 2020 or, or yeah, 2019? I think it, it was either 2019 or 2020 that ended. I think and, it was and now it doesn't matter anymore, anyway. Yeah, but yeah, no, I agree with you, Brady. Like, I felt like they wrapped it up very nicely and ended it very nicely. And I like, I it finished, and I was like, I'm happy. I'm good. Yeah. I'm still low key angry they did not bring any of them into Infinity Wars. Like, I wanted to see May and Daisy. But in Infinity War, and I did not get that. So I was still very disappointed in that. I was a big Mac fan, and I was a big uh, yes. Simmons fan. So yes. I would have liked to see either one of those show up. Yes. Yeah, Mac is one of those, like, every time I watch an episode, and, like, especially when he's, like, forefront in it, I'm just like, man, you're just an awesome guy. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, Amanda. <laughs> what is nerdy with you? So I had a fun time taking my son to an eye doctor appointment today. And while we were sitting there, the doctor's all asking him questions. And he says, oh, what's your favorite movie? So Anne can replies, the Zack Snyder Justice League. Okay. Because Austin had him watch that. Yeah. I'm a good parent. I had my eight-year-old watch his first rated R movie. It really shouldn't <laughs> be rated R. It's, it's two PG-13 movies. Yeah, that's true. It's just two, it's two PG-13, PG-13 movies, movies back to back. That's all it is. <laughs> two PG-13s equals an R. It does. That's how the um the scorecard works. Yeah. You have two F bombs. It's R. Okay, so 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 so. <laughs> So the doctor asked, what's so the your doctor, favorite movie? So it, and the, the, talking with the doctor a little bit, and the doctor's like, oh, I haven't seen that. I kind of explained a little bit about it because the doctor had no idea why there was a second Justice League movie. Yeah. Did Had he watched the first theatrical cut? I don't know, but we discussed it. And both he and his assistant were hardcore Marvel fans. Oh, okay. And so we discussed how pointless this next cut was. Excuse me. You're pointless. <laughs> Sorry, oh, man. <laughs> you know you are you are allowed to be a fan of both this is not a tribal cult thing where there's a line drawn to sand i i like star wars and star trek oh but there's so many things wrong that we'll explain later that we'll have a good time <laughs> i am gonna break the duct tape out and ban you to the couch <laughs> Prepare for it. All right. Well, let's get into the nerd news before Amanda makes me mad. <laughs> oh, wow. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Ooh. And what is the news that should be on your nerd radar? Martin Freeman 
is confirming that he will be in Black Panther 2, and he gives us an update on production. During a recent interview with Collider, Martin Freeman has confirmed that he will be back in the role of CIA agent Everett K. Ross in Black Panther 2, saying, quote, yeah, I'm doing the second Black Panther. I'm going to be speaking to Ryan Coogler soon about what shape that's going to look like, end quote. Freeman then went on to say that there was a script for the film completed before Chadwick Boseman passed away. But obviously everything has to change and the actor has no idea what exactly that looks like. He added, quote, I have no idea about the script, so I don't know what's going to happen. Just before Chadwick died, if my memory serves correctly, the script had gone in. They had the script and they were working on the script and then Chadwick died. And I sort of immediately thought, oh, okay, uh, I could see I could see a, a world where there's no Black Panther then because how can you do a Black Panther without Black Panther? So I still don't know what that's going to look like. And no, obviously, before Chad died, the idea of doing it without him would have been a stupid idea. It would have been crazy. It was very shocking and still is very, very strange that he is not here. So I'm as curious as you are to see what that will look like. And I find and I find out quite soon. Uh, all I know is that I'm in it, end quote. Kevin Feige has also said and confirmed that, yeah, Bozeman's role of T'Challa it will not be recast. So we are getting a Black Panther-less Black Panther 2 movie. And it is slated to hit the theaters July 8th, 2022. Ah, uh, but did you hear him? He said T'Challa's not getting recast. Yeah. The Black Panther is simply a mantle. Yeah, true. So there, there's always going to be a Black Panther. It doesn't have to be T'Challa. Okay, who's gonna be the who's gonna be the Black Panther? His sister. I think it's gonna be his sister. I think Why? so too. Uh, Black female empowerment. Yep. Well, the movie, right honestly, right. that, that, the movie, the movie and the character was about black empowerment. So why not? Why not take it one step further? Has there ever she been? A, has there ever been a female Black Panther in the comics? I do not know no. that question. Probably not. It's a completely different universe. Does it really need to? Um, they're going to have to. There's just awesome, and she was like my favorite character in the whole. Oh, Black she was very movie. much one of my favorite like, characters. She was the best. <laughs> I'm trying to remember which one you're talking about. You're talking about the Shuri. scientist lady yes. that was helping uh, oh, yeah. Vision. Yeah, Shuri. She's. I'm sorry. She's too skinny and small. She's not going to be she like uber powerful. She will do great. She is, dude. Yeah. She was like. She was like kind of like a walking string bean. She will do a great job. Fan Thanos punches her. She'll she'd break in two. Well, I mean, logically, well, it has to be her, doesn't it? I mean, isn't it a bloodline issue? It's a bloodline issue, but they've never had a female Black Panther before. They, they will deal with that in the in the movie. They will have to. Which will make okay. it really good. I mean, that was the whole reason for the competition in the first Black Panther movie was because um, the cousin wanted to challenge for it. But it's, it's it very much felt like it was a male-only thing. Where I think that they're going to have to do a whole new storyline about how Shuri becomes the Black Panther. 
And the Black Panther gives strength and powers beyond what you're physically capable of. Exactly. Because they, like, give it and then take it away. All right. So I am finding on the internet that Shuri has once donned the uniform of the Black Panther before. All right. I find... I got no problem if it's if it's in the comics. <laughs> if if she donned it in the comics, okay, cool. They have been it. doing so many things that are not in the comics. Yeah, know? and the, I, I agree I'm not with what saying you're saying, Amanda. I, I, I'm not saying they have to follow the comics, but I'm saying if it is in the comics, then it le- it led some credibility to that you know thought process. The only reservation I have about Shuri being the Black Panther. Um, is that her character is so great not in that capacity. Yeah, that's true. You know, she has she's such a great character that it, I, I hope they would be able to com- to combine those characteristics of the Black Panther and incorporate her current skill set and personality and mind into it. I have no problem with her being the Black Panther. I think it'd be great. Um but yeah, I just hope that they don't do that at the expense of her of of the embodiment of, of Shuri, the character. Yeah. There might be a lot of cat women or Catwoman uh, comparisons. <laughs> I really hope not. Cause Catwoman <laughs> is like, okay. <laughs> that, that, I, I wasn't I trying know. to make a joke there. Catwoman, I think Catwoman, it's hilarious. Catwoman, Catwoman's pretty awesome. Halle Berry, Catwoman, not so much. Oh, definitely uh, Michelle Yes, yes, Michelle Pfeiffer, Catwoman. Let's have let's, let's have a DC Marvel team up of uh, of 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 Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman and uh, MCU Shuri. Uh, Just doing MCU versus DCU. You do you do know the Holly Berry Catwoman is going to be no. more of a comparison, though, right? No, because that film was terrible. Oh yeah, and everyone on the internet agrees oh, with that. And yes. Hathaway Catwoman too. Ah, uh, she's decent, but she's not a Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman. Who, Anne Hathaway? Yeah. Correct. Oh, best one. No. <laughs> you haven't seen, have you seen Bat? <laughs> I haven't seen any of them. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I thought. You guys quit, quit making me mad all the time. Uh, and it's so much fun. <laughs> hilarious. No, it's not. I get mad and it's not fun. All right, let's move on. If you made Austin me Let's move on. Let's move on. Okay, so this is a story that a lovely I... lady. No. <laughs> wow, a... we are so off today. We are off. <laughs> you guys should have heard us before the podcast. It was crazy. Anyways, um, this is a story that I think everybody has been following since uh, basically 2019. Because if you remember correctly. Uh, Black Widow, the movie, was supposed to come out, I think it was in, like, March 2020. So we've been waiting forever for this movie. And so... Uh, it's supposed to be May 2020. So, so oh, May 2020, yeah. It was not that far into the pandemic. And I wanted to see that film. When is it going to hit Disney Plus? Or is it going to get in the theaters? We don't know. And guess what? Disney is now <laughs> saying Black Widow hitting the movie theaters will be a last-minute decision. In other words, they don't know when it's coming out either. That, yeah, oh, I, think that's, I think that's accurate. So check us out. As of right now, Marvel's Black Widow is scheduled to hit theaters on May 7th. With movie theaters, look, 
now starting to open up in LA and New York, there's hope, a lot of hope that maybe Disney will stick finally with that release date. But in a recent interview with Bloomberg, Disney CEO Bob Chapek says that the decision to release the film in theaters may be made at the last minute. So let's take a listen to the man himself, Disney CEO Bob Chapek, talk about Black Panther and if it's going to be in the theaters or if it's going to be on Disney+. Plus. Here we go. So on that note, you still have a May 7th release date for Black Widow. And if the name of the game is Consumer flexibility, will it still only be in theaters on that date? Um, And are you sticking with that May 7th date? Well, as you know, uh, flexibility is something that we've been working uh, hard against, and our situation and our conditions change. I mean, just a few weeks ago, theaters in New York and Los Angeles weren't even open, and now all of a sudden they're open. And so we're waiting to see exactly how guests respond uh, prospective theater goers respond to these reopenings and we're going to remain flexible. Uh, we'll make the call, uh, you know, essentially, uh, probably at the last minute in terms of how these films come to market, whether it's Black Widow or any other title, but we're watching against consumer behavior. And if consumers uh, are happy, we love the theatrical window. As you know, uh, we've had uh, unbelievable success in theaters. And we think it's important to build our franchises. But at the same time, we don't think it's the only way to do it. So we're going to remain flexible. And we'll see what happens over the next couple of months because so much is changing. It's such a dynamic environment that it's really hard to predict what's going to happen with consumer behavior in the next month as it comes to reemergence, you know, sort of back into uh, the world of normal. Uh, and uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll be watching very carefully and make the call when we have to. Listen, Bob. What? Bob. Not Wrong you. Wrong Bob. Wrong Bob. <laughs> listen. Listen, Bob. Bob. JPEG. <laughs> we as nerds need to prepare for the Black Widow. Do you know how many times we as a podcast have had Captain America Civil War scheduled and then had to push it back because Black Widow was not coming out. Like, we want to prepare for the movie. We need to know when we need to watch Captain America Civil War to prepare for Black Widow since that film comes after Civil War. And we just, we, we can't prepare. What, ah. So basically what this means is we just all need to go to the movies a lot to show them that we're ready for that things to get released in the theaters. Um, I was actually just saw an advertisement for Marcus theaters that they, um, they are going, they're offering. If you spend a hundred dollars, you can have a private screening for up to 20 people. Ooh. It's like, it's in what, like five bucks and there you go. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was actually just thinking, going, I mean, which families could I invite that we could all just pitch in? Well, here's my question. If for $100, you can have a screening for 20 people, then for $100, could you have a screening for five? Yes. Yeah. It's up to 20 people. So or- basically for 100 bucks, you can get the movie theater and watch it yourself with just you and your family. Yes. You're going to spend a hundred bucks taking five people to the movies anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's right. Yeah, really. I got to get in on some of that action. 
Um, Movie Tavern is the one that's um, local for us. That's um, in the Marcus group. And so I'm really excited about that because that's also dinner at the movie as well in your own private theater. Oh, man, I, I'm, I see a Google search in my near future. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think them releasing it, you know, making it a game time decision. That's just money. I mean, that's yeah, really yeah. all it is. You can't fault them for for doing that. Yeah, the fans will want it in the theater. The fans that are going to the theater, fans that like watching it at home, they're not going to carry it away. You can't fault them for for doing the math on it. But um, but yeah, I don't see any. I, I don't have a, an issue with if if your only issue is well, I've got to get ready with Civil War. Just keep watching Civil War like every other week. <laughs> I mean, it's not good of a movie. Uh, that, that, that's that's not my only issue. My 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 issue is I want to see Black Widow. Let's get this thing out. I know, me too. Like I'm, like I just it, it's funny because like I mean, there's the movie theaters. They they are putting out movies in the theaters, but I'm not interested in them. It's like I'm sorry, like I want to support you guys, but at the same time, I'm not gonna go and just watch any movie in the theater. Like I want and, to see a movie I want to see, you know. And and, and that's like their problem. Conundrum, you know. I they just don't, they don't want to put out their high ticket movies because people aren't going to the theaters. But you're not going to the theater because there's not a movie you're exactly. interested in seeing. It's Catch yeah. Twenty Two. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to figure out with my family when to go see Raya and the Last Dragon again because it was really good. And I did tell my family, I'm like, I felt like it was worth, like, if you wanted to buy the Premiere Plus access thingy, like, I felt like it was worth it. But for me, I would rather support the movie theater. So we're trying to figure out when we can all go as a family to go see it um, to support the movie theaters, you know. All right, moving on. HBO has got three additional Game of Thrones spinoff series in the work. Works. The three projects currently in development are going by the names Nine Voyages, Sea Snake and Flea Bottom, and 10,000 Ships. It's explained that of the three projects, Sea Snake is the one that is the most fully formed with a creative team on board to develop it including Bruno Heller from Gotham and George R.R. Martin himself. As for the other two projects, as of right now, they're being explored with no writers attached yet. These projects join three previously announced spinoffs that include House of the Dragon, Tales of Dunk and Egg, and a possible Game of Thrones animated series. So the Nine Voyages series refers to the great voyages at sea made by, how do you say that name? Carlos. Valerian. Valerian. Is it Carlos, though? Is that how you say that? It looks Carlos. like Carlos to me. All right, Carlos. Anyways, aboard the Ooh. sea snake ship, <laughs> Valerian journeyed to places including uh, Pentos, Dragonstone, and around the bottom of Westeros, as well as to Lys. Tyrosh and Myrrh. Tyros. He, he reached the fabled lands of Yi Ti and Lang, whose wealth doubled that of the house of uh, Valerian. Valerian, and him and Ice Wolf headed north searching for passages around the top of Westeros, only to find frozen seas 
and icebergs as big as mountains. The other project is set in Flea Bottom, which is the poorest slum district in King's Landing, a maze-like warren of narrow streets and dark alleys filled with tanneries, brothels, and alehouses. It is featured in the first four seasons of Game of Thrones, including when uh, Williams Iris Stark takes refuge there after fleeing the Red Keep. And then the final project, 10,000 Ships, is a reference to the journey made by warrior queen Princess Namiria and the surviving members of the Ronars. Is that Ronar. right? Ronar. Yes. Who traveled from SS to Dorne following their defeat by Valerian Freehold in the Second Spice War. This the Valerian Freehold. The spice must flow. All right, man, you're killing me. <laughs> Anyways, when previously talking about the future of Game of Thrones, uh, HBO Max Chief Content Officer Casey Boyles, or that's that right? Boyles, it looks like. I don't know. Anyways. She said we can make a game out of this. <laughs> yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah, we talked. Yeah, we talked about there should be a main event of uh, people finding a bunch of weird names and I try to pronounce them. Anyway, <laughs> here's what the chief content officer said. Quote, we are ta- we are talking about other areas that make sense as well. George R. R. Martin's world is so big, and what's interesting about it, not only is it big, but he's got a lot of roadmaps in terms of of history. So one of the great things about the House of Dragon is that it's an established history that leads you to Game of the Great Game of Thrones the show. And there is a lot of little branches. There's a lot of opportunities and stories to tell. The good news with the prequels is that there is history that George has laid out. We are working with George. It would really be something we talk about with him, but for right now, this prequels land themselves to it because of the really expansive history that George laid out in the world. End quote. Yeah, this. Um, so as with all things Game of Thrones, I, I'm getting a little more wary about these. And this is what six, six series they've announced. And Game of Thrones was great. Uh, you'll have a hard time finding someone that, I mean, yeah, the later seasons were, you know, they're pretty easy to be critical of, but as a series, Game of Thrones was phenomenal. I think that with all this talk and if all these shows come to fruition and when they do, I think you might be kind of oversaturating it. Game of Thrones was, was great. Not only because it was well acted and cinema quality and, and just so much went into it, but because it kind of existed in a silo. And I'm talking about folks who are fans of the of the the visual art, not the books, right? Uh, because that's where most people came in. A lot of people had never read it, and they came in, they watched the shows. The shows are great. But they existed in a silo. I don't necessarily know how – it could be great. It could fall flat, but I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know if you're going to get that investment that that wide investment from folks that um, were so invested in the original series. Um, I'm hopeful. I'm really excited about seeing something, the sea snake and flea bottom series out of all the ones that we've heard about. That's the one I'm most interested in um, yeah. because that life in King's landing and the seedier side of that, 
metropolitan area there and how things worked in the gutters um, was very interesting. Uh, the, the Onion Knight, um, he was probably one of my favorite characters. Uh, that was uh, Sir, Sir Davos. Um, yeah. Uh, he was one of my favorite characters from that series. So it'll be re- <laughs> really interesting to get his backstory. Uh, not necessarily his backstory, but the backstory of his environment. Um, but yeah, I just, I just worry that they're going to, you know, when you're dealing with a fantasy land and you've got to remember a bunch of different countries and a bunch of different wars. And, you know, I took history throughout school, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, and, and I, you know, I like it in this context, but I don't know what the appetite's going to be like that for everyone. Is, is this just kind of like space balls to the quest for more money? <laughs> it could be, you know, I, but the, the one asterisk there is that HBO so far recently over the past couple of years has done a really good job of investing in their, in, in their product and delivering good content. And that makes me hopeful for this. I, I, I can't see them just going at it, you know, half-heartedly or, or just as a cash grab without really investing in it. They obviously have done their due diligence and know that they're, know that the market's there. Um, so, so yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and find out. So so I got so I got a question. So I've I've kind of looked at HBO Max as an opportunity to finally go back and watch the Game of Thrones series. Mm-hmm. Um, I only have it because there's been so much stuff to watch, and I didn't have HBO at the time. But right. but now that I've got HBO and you know watched it for Zack Snyder's Justice League, I've, I've thought about maybe watching Game of Thrones. And so my question is. Uh, should I wait for some of these prequels because you think it will add that much to me watching the Game of Thrones series itself? Or should I just go with the, the series that's out right now and then just catch up with the prequels? I think you should watch the series as it is now because it will make you, if you like the series, it will really make you want to see these others that are coming out. I think it'll it'll drive your interest. The only caution I have for you specifically regarding game of thrones is there are so many storylines there are like 26 main characters so um yeah so you've really got to stick with it through that first half season to wrap your head around who's who and start getting a feel for how things play out um but yeah i would absolutely go ahead and watch it there's no reason to delay i think i think you will I don't know that you'll be a better person for watching, it, but, I, <laughs> but it'll certainly expand I'll, I'll, your understanding, and you will be able to pronounce more names. <laughs> uh, yeah, some of our Game of Thrones listeners might appreciate that. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I could see myself watching some of it. So, well, 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 well. I've even thought about maybe doing a, uh, a little YouTube series of me reacting to each episode so you can watch a fresh new newbie watching game of thrones for the first time i would subscribe to that (laughs) all right well we'll see if it happens so all right let's move on live action aladdin star mania mazoud 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 anyways he's he's live action aladdin actor he is teasing that he has been casted as the live action Star Wars character Ezra Bridger. So that would be so cool. So really? a few, I agree, yes. So a few weeks ago, 
a few weeks ago, a few podcasts ago, we actually talked about this on this show because the rumor started spreading on the internet saying that, yeah, the Aladdin star, uh, Mania. Mania. What? Mena. It's it's not like the nya sound in Spanish. It's, it's not Mena. Spanish. It, it's yeah. not in the Middle East. Fine. Mena might be playing the live action version of Ezra Bridger's from Star Wars Rebels for an upcoming live action Disney Plus franchise series. It's believed with reason that the character will show up first in the upcoming Ahsoka TV series since the last time we saw him ahsoka was searching for him so with that hey bob you got some weird feedback going on sorry folks technical difficulties <laughs> anyways check us out mazoud recently shared a post on instagram that seemingly teased that he is taking on the role he shared a shirtless photo of himself with a quote that reads, hey, just so you know, when I escape, I won't hurt any of you. Now, you've got to be a deep cut Star Wars Rebels fan to understand that this is an Ezra Bridger's teaser. Because this line is coming from Star Wars Rebels Season 2 from the episode titled Stealth Strike. In fact, I've got that little line ready to go for us to listen to so listen to it here's what here's what his post said hey just so you know when i escape i won't hurt any of you and ezra says that as he's being delivered uh by a group of stormtroopers to an imperial officer after he was captured by the empire so here let's take a listen move along rebel hey just so you know when i escape i won't hurt any of you yeah that's great kid i feel real safe all right, so in my opinion, that's pretty much a confirmation from Menya himself that he is going to be Ezra Bridgers moving forward. What do you guys think of this? So I'm really excited. Um, I think that he could do a really good job. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I, I remember looking at... Aladdin thinking there was a lot of physicality to that. And I think that can translate over into the movements Ezra Bridger's going to have to do as a Jedi. Well, Ezra in a way is like the Aladdin of Star Wars. True. <laughs> Very yeah, true. That's true. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I, I, I would love if that is confirmation, but if it's not, then I, I wonder if he's like banking on the fact that, because there was like all the rumors flying around that Rosario Dawson would yeah. cast it as Ahsoka, you know, like it, I felt like that was like fan demands combined with her and that made it happen. And so I wonder if he's like trying to capitalize on it. So I think we should really help push this because I would, <laughs> I think he would do a great job playing Ezra. I see a homemade production of, uh, you ain't never had a Jed, never had a Jed. <laughs> Never <laughs> had a Jedi like me. Oh my word, that is interesting. All right, let's move on. Check this out. The showrunner for Falcon and the Winter Soldier is talking U.S. agent, as teased at the end of the first episode, and his place in the series. So, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier premiered on Disney Plus on Friday, and we will be talking that as the main event next podcast 
But uh, it premiered on Disney Plus on Friday and jumps right into the aftermath of Captain America handing his shield over to his friends Sam and Bucky Barnes. In the first episode, we were presented with the terrorist group, the Flag Smashers. And at the end of the episode, we were introduced to the government's new answer to Captain America, U.S. Agent John Walker, played by Wyatt Russell. Oh, yeah. Spoiler warnings, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. Well, give that heads up. (laughs) Well, series showrunner Malcolm Spellman (laughs) sat down with Entertainment Weekly to talk about the show and what we should expect moving forward. When asked who this new John Walker, a.k.a. the U.S. agent is and how he fits into the story, Spellman answered by saying, quote, John is someone who has done everything he's supposed to do. There's a certain kind of privilege that comes with the expectation that one's life should proceed accordingly as a reward for being the best at all times. John is a soldier who has done everything his country has ever asked, but is now bumping into a reality where the country and life is going to challenge you in a way that upsets and uh, obliterates your privilege. The truth is life isn't fair and just being the best and doing what's right does not mean that your journey is going to go accordingly. So John Walker is in for some tough times up ahead as a human being, end quote. When talking about what will make Falcon and the Winter Soldier stand out in the MCU, Spellman says, quote, all the villains in this series believe they are heroes. They can convincingly verbalize what they're fighting for in a way that even the heroes are like, that is a really, really good point because they all exist in a world that's very similar to the world we exist in today. Thanos has been dispatched and half the population has disappeared and come back. That's created a global crisis, just like the global crisis today. And from that global crisis, are, are these various antagonists born, but they're responding to something the heroes also agree with, and the citizens of the world are like, hey man, this is a tough situation. Maybe they're not wrong. That conflict leads to some pretty amazing scenes because what do you do when the heroes identify with the villains? End quote. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I feel like that right there is kind of dabbling a little bit in DC Universe stuff. Uh, I was going to say this for the main event, but I'm just going to say it right here now. There was one thing I've noticed about DC versus Marvel, at least in my opinion, from my viewpoint, is DC really likes to play into the whole human psychology aspect of it. And a lot of the DC villains, I find, are kind of relatable in that way. Like the ones that aren't superpowers, but are like more average joke or like kind of not like along the lines of Batman, but causing problems is sure. they tend to have like those goals. Like I, I just keep thinking of like Rajal Ghul, like, yeah, he's a bad guy, but like the reason he's doing things is kind of like, no, I kind of get that. You know, it's like, he's trying to make the world a better place and this is how he's doing it, you know? So, and so well, it's just, like, I find it interesting that way. So I, I kind of, so but yeah. It- the thing you're missing is that Marvel is all about the human psychology. I mean, the whole um, Accords, 
where it's it, originally it was the mutant registrations coming up and all in the comics about how pe- people are afraid and the psychology behind that and trying to live in a world that wants to kill you for your powers. Um, and so this actually works really well with what I believe they're trying to do with Falcon and the Winter Soldier because they're trying to play on the emotions of post-blip. How do they unite people? Um, honestly, my biggest problem with um, Cap- Captain Fake is um, he looks like they took Carl from Up and put him in the Captain America outfit. If you've seen that picture, if you've seen that, yes, I haven't. I feel like I feel like that was the. Has anybody ever seen Trailer Park Boys? Trailer Park. I've not. Oh, I've never seen it, but I've seen pictures of it, and one of the characters on there has the big old ears and like the the underbite, and just looks like he belongs in Trailer Park Boys. And that's what they. That's what he reminded me of. He just looks like some, just some kind of person from that area that's thrown into the outfit and just prayed out in front. Like they didn't have anybody else. I think what they're going to be doing with um, fake Captain America, as I like to call him, is <laughs> they're going to go over the fact that they hit the gold mine with Steve Rogers. Like he. He was Captain America and was so important because of who he was as a person. And you can't just replicate that by going, who's our next best soldier? And putting the best soldier in. Because Steve Rogers was picked because of his personality by the scientists. Based on the trailers that I've seen and the configuration of this guy whoever he is, right? Karen, he had a gun on his side, you know, which wasn't typical of of uh, Steve Rogers. <clears throat> I think that this is going to be more of a propaganda guy. I don't know that he's necessarily going to be a, a superhero or they want him to fill that role. I think he's, I think he's going to be kind of like when they were selling the war bonds, right? You know, yeah. he's a morale guy. I think that's, that's, that's my suspicion. I could be wrong, but well, that's why they're going to back to the gun on the holster because that's was his original outfit had that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I gotta, I gotta admit like, um, probably because I'm in the army, <laughs> but, but seeing some general trying to, to like say, Hey, we need somebody that inspires us again. So we need to put a man in a costume to inspire us. Like, I'm sorry, but I know of no general who's going to be thinking like that. And I know I gotta, I gotta, you know, suspend disbelief. MC, that's fine. But look, we've got so many men and women in uniform already that are so much more inspiring than just a random guy in a in an outfit. So, so. I think about it this way: the politicians made the general stand up there and spout that nah. rubbish. See, that's how I was seeing uh, it. It's I like, believe he's that. Just up yeah. there because he's being made to. And I actually feel like, like, yeah, when when you see him come on. Like, I was just like, yeah, he looks totally fake. Like, he really is kind of, like, just trying to be a symbol. Not so much, like, the actual thing of that Captain America ended up doing. And so I actually kind of feel like 
I'll say something like I wasn't really excited for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I've only been looking forward to it because I'm like craving something new. You know, I'm like, it was like with WandaVision. I was like, I'll watch it because I want something new. Um, And this first episode, like I was surprised by it that I was like, okay, no, yeah, I'm more invested in this now. Like more, like I'll admit more so than WandaVision. Like I kind of was just the, the, what the introduction of the storyline they were bringing in. I was like very intrigued by it. But when I yeah. saw this like new Captain America come up, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be interesting." Like, I want to see where they take this, where it's like yeah. someone who's supposed to be a figurehead, but people are going to actually expect him to do what Captain America did, and he's going to have to realize really fast, "Oh, I'm not just a figurehead. Like, I literally have to be like everyone's expecting me to be him." Yeah, and that's, and that's kind of that that is what's going to be the problem with the figurehead is everyone's talking about how oh they they want him to be a symbol but they're going to want him to eventually do what captain rogers did yeah and that's going to be the hard part because he's not going to be able to do that indeed well we will definitely continue this discussion in much much more detail on our next podcast because falcon and the winter soldier will be our main event but uh but for now, I think it is indeed time to talk some Zack Snyder Justice League. We had our honeymoon on Alderaan. Good thing we took pictures, huh? <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. You have no idea what you're dealing with. Uh, Shakespeare in the Park? And that means it is time for us. Justice League Nerd Out! So begins the end. For Dark Side. I've never seen a being this strong. Maybe one. He's back. I spent a lot of time trying to divide us. I made a promise to him on his grave. I need to bring us together. There are enemies coming from far away. They serve an old power. This world is divided. No protectors here. No lanterns. No Kryptonium. It will fall in his name. I have turned worlds to dust. All of existence shall be mine. I have a second chance. He said the age of heroes would never come again. Fighting the devil and his army. You know, I don't care how many demons he's fought and how many hells. He's never fought us united. It's time to stand. Fight. 
shout out to all you super nerds who have hit that podcast subscribe button. We really, really appreciate you guys. Please help us get the word out about the podcast. Please tell a friend about the podcast. Let them know they should hit that podcast subscribe button. And if you haven't hit it already, I want to invite you to hit that podcast subscribe button. Come on, do it. You'll get plus 10 nerd XP. XP. All right. Non-spoiler review of Zack Snyder's Justice League for about the first five minutes or so, and then we're jumping into spoilers, folks. We're going in all different directions. So, I love this. No. I, no I'll Amanda. say I wish like, <laughs> my original plan was to watch, like, I it had, the last time I saw the Justice League movie was when it was in theaters. So it's been that long that I don't remember anything about it. Um, I just remember the, yeah. the one that they released, like I enjoyed it, but it was like, okay, I, I've, obviously I didn't go back and watch it again kind of thing. So like my plan with this was to watch Zack Snyder's cut and then rewatch the theatrical mm-hmm. cut. Um, yeah. I didn't get around to the theatrical cut. So I'm like, I, like that's something I do want to do like later and just kind of like really yeah. compare them. But um, I, I, I think I felt like about the same. I was like, yeah, it was really good. I'll admit um the first two hours were kind of slow for me so like that so last week you had read like some of the reviews that um like movie critics have said about it and there was one Mm -hmm. that was saying like that it felt kind of like the beginning part really dragged and then it picked up and that's kind of how I felt like the beginning part was kind of dragging like I actually paused it played with my bearded dragon and then um (laughs) resumed it (laughs) kind of thing but um, but I would say like I enjoy I did enjoy it overall. It just like was slow in the beginning, and then it picked up. That I was like, okay, yeah, this is good. Uh, I had I had no problem with the time. Um, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it significantly more than theatrical cut. Like I I I hated the theatrical cut. Like I it just it just wasn't good to me it, it, it was okay it was mediocre excuse so me, you're excuse complaining me. about me being negative and you're sitting no. here dwelling on the, the theatrical negatives cut of the theatrical yes the theatrical okay. cut so was the bad. positives about the snyder cut is the flow it flowed beautifully it didn't feel choppy yes what what's oh, yeah. something good about the snyder cut not just how bad the theatrical was I did not enjoy the theatrical cut. Yeah. I I was I purposely kept my expectations low for this Zack Snyder's cut cuz I really didn't honestly know how much different it could be. Um and it was significantly better. Like like I mean I I did keep my expectations low. Like I thought maybe it would be just, you know, I, I all I was hoping for was something that was you know, a little better, but it was significantly better than I thought it was going to be. And, and the parts of, and, the, and the reason why I liked it so much is because, because it did one thing significantly well that the, that the uh, theatrical cut did not do. And that was set up a real dangerous and interesting plot moving forward for the DCEU. Like the, the, the justice league, the theatrical cut was kind of insignificant to the DCEU. Like all of the movies after that kind of almost just straight up ignored justice league because 
It was because it just didn't resonate with fans. Well, that, a, it was terrible. It was terrible. Yeah. But anyway, let's and so, so Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League did that so well. It set up something that was significantly interesting moving forward for the DCEU. Zack Snyder's Justice League made me excited for what the DCEU could become. And and none of the other films really did that. Like like the individual films of Shazam and Wonder Woman and Aquaman, like I liked those. They were good. I even liked Man of Steel quite a bit. But none of them really set up a DCEU playground like Zack Snyder's Justice League. And I'll explain later why I disagree with that, but continue. Well, you're wrong, Amanda. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> So Bob, what did you what did you think? What did you think of the film? No no spoilers. Okay, I'll be completely honest with you when I tell you I absolutely adored this film. However, it's four and a half hours long. I mean, for crying out loud, you got two more hours in there and you got yourself a Lord of the Rings, maybe a Hobbit in there. But seriously, four hours at, in one sitting? Man, I can't sit for four hours and do anything. I can't sit for four hours and play video games. I can go a million miles an hour. But seriously, my problem was that it was four hours long. And so, they had breakpoints in there. Let me finish. They had breakpoints in there. They had natural breakpoints. It's like, oh no, Superman just beat the crap out of us. Look down at the time. It's halfway through the movie. And that's not a spoiler because it happened in the last movie <laughs> or the last iteration of the movie. I mean, you could have split it up right there and said, what's going to happen? What's going to happen with Superman? How is the Justice League going to happen? You could do like that old uh, Batman-y type stuff and go move from one movie to another. And you could have had Justice League Part 1 and Justice League, Zack Snyder, Justice League Part 1, Zack Snyder, Justice League Part 2. They could have made a lot of money on that by releasing Part 2 in May. If they really, really wanted to, but it was just the runtime is what was so, so horrible about it. That that's why I make the joke. It's a rated R movie because it's two PG thirteen movies right? made into one. Right. So why did Why did you like it? Hey, <laughs> hey man, you got it. You got to get the negativity out of the way before you can get to the positivity. Oh, right? I, I'm I've been told I have to do the opposite. <laughs> why did you like the movie? Why did I like the movie? Okay. Yes, we, so, we all know it's long. That's not a surprise. <laughs> Tell us what yeah, we don't well, know. Well, you know what? I'm going to rant when I'm going to rant. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so the character development in this was fantastic. The fact of the matter is they had to, they couldn't introduce every character in their own movie before this came out. So they had to introduce it in such a way that it didn't feel like a uh, – they had to introduce some of these other characters in a way that it didn't feel like a, um, an origin story because it's an origin story of justice league, not an origin story of, uh, the flash or cyborg or Aquaman. Yeah. And the fact is that they did it in such a way that it didn't impede everybody else. It was integral part of the story. And uh, they touched on it, and then they moved on. Unlike we discussed 
uh, one or two episodes ago with Batman or in Batman v Superman. It's like, you don't need to spend 30 minutes telling us how Batman became Batman. We all know why Batman is Batman because he's scared of bats. Sure. I, I, I have to disagree with introducing Batman. I just don't like the way they introduced him because I thought it was tedious and boring. I just didn't think they needed to because he's flipping Batman. It's like doing another Spider-Man origin story. I mean, who on this earth has not gotten the memo yet? That one guy in the Vietnamese jungle? Um, the people in my eye doctor's appointment? Really? They don't, they've never watched a Batman movie yeah, before? I, um, I'm fairly sure the assistant like had like nothing, absolutely nothing to do with DC. Right. Um, but the character development was fantastic. The visuals were not over the, they were not so bad that like a uh, Michael Bay film that I just wanted to go into an epileptic seizure even though that's not even how that works i just felt like that that was the appropriate response for those movies this movie it didn't feel like that with that being said the cgi maybe go a little bit lighter on that but even when it was well that's zach snyder is a very visual director no 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 i get it i get no one saying otherwise oh i get it i just think that um i just think that he got right up to the line and only crossed it a couple of times, but it wasn't so bad that it was visually jarring. And that's another thing I loved about it. I mean, the stuff wasn't obviously wasn't believable, but it wasn't a cartoon. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like on that? Yeah. All right. So going back to your complaint about the runtime, I will, I will share how much I loved the chapters. The chapter oh, breaks that, were fantastic. That was perfect. Yes. Yeah. Amanda made a comment in the film. I love. I love a movie that has built-in bathroom breaks. <laughs> they need to have more intermissions in movies. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, so the chapters were perfect because you could pause yeah. it at the chapter, and it was just a really great segue to be able to go so, get yeah. your stuff, do whatever you need to do real quick and then come back. So there there was there is a um you know there was a rumor going around for a while that Justice League was going to be a bunch of t- uh, TV episodes, it was going to be a series as opposed to a mm-hmm. movie. And you can obviously see that was something they they're going for, but the reason why it turned into a movie was because all of the actors and everybody that worked on the film had their contract set up for film and not for TV. And so if they, if they turned it into TV episodes, then they were going to owe a bunch of money to a lot of people way more than that, than that they wanted to spend. So they made it that movie with the the chapter breaks and you can go online and you can find some pretty good, um, you know, how to watch Zack Snyder's justice league as a TV series, like watch, uh, watch the prologue part one and part two. And that's what you do for the first day. Second day, watch, part three, part four, part five, uh, part five. And that's what you do, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, uh, you know, we did get some, uh, some fan feedback from, from, uh, from some listeners and folks online. Uh, what did they think of the movie? Daniel S said, uh, I loved it from beginning to end. It feels bigger, way more depth. Character building was way more coherent. I did not mind its length at all. I actually wish there was more. I really, really dislike the theatrical cut, but this Snyder cut 
is just a beautiful piece of art that all fans deserve. Justice League 2! And then David W. said, totally fixed Justice League. Every following movie needs to be Snyder's cut, in my opinion. This is the standard. So one thing I really liked with it, um, as opposed to the original theatrical cut, was the Justice League actually felt like they were working together. In the theatrical cut, it felt like they were fighting more. And they weren't really working together as much. And I... I think that's because uh, Whedon was trying to go for an Avengers in the DCEU. Yeah, he was. Because that was one of the main things in the first Avenger movies, that they were uh, button heads almost the entire time. Yep. And it didn't, it doesn't work for Justice League, or at least the Justice League that has, that Snyder was building. And so I think that was part of what felt so jarring. I'm a theatrical. Yeah. Well, you know, you can find some online comparisons because um, when, when Joss Whedon was brought in for Zack Snyder, real quick, real quick backstory. If you don't know this, okay. The reason why there's a Zack Snyder's Justice League and a Joss Whedon Justice League is because Zack Snyder originally started creating Justice League. He got through like 80, 90% of the film. And then unfortunately, his daughter Autumn committed suicide. And that threw Zack Snyder for a loop. And he obviously had to step away from production. Understandably so. Uh, and so what did, uh, what did Warner Brothers do? Well, they brought in Joss Whedon who, uh, you know, made a bank, you know, for, for MCU with Avengers. And he was about ready to have, um, uh, what's it called, uh, Avengers Age of Ultron come out. So they brought him on. And when Joss Whedon came on, uh, he changed a lot of it. It's a very different movie than Zack Snyder's original vision. And so that's why there is a Zack Snyder's Justice League. So that being said, you can go online, you can go on YouTube, and you can find a lot of comparisons between uh, Avengers Age of Ultron and Avengers and uh, what Joss Whedon's Justice League was. And there, there, there's a theory that I personally prescribe to that um, a lot of uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, um, it, it felt kind of flat with critics at the time, if you remember. And, it, and most people agree it's probably the worst of the Avengers films. And Joss Whedon, took some of the exact same things he did in that film and he put it in the, uh, the justice league film. And, and, and some people are kind of wondering like, why did he do that? Cause like you can have the, you can have comparisons like the exact same scenes going on in justice league and, and the Avengers films. And some people are kind of thinking that maybe Joss Whedon was trying to, you know, almost fix his, uh, his mistakes in, Avengers Age of Ultron and uh, there's also there's also uh people from the set that <laughs> said that uh Joss Whedon was so focused on Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron that there's even times where where instead of call uh calling uh Gal Gadot, you know, Wonder Woman by her name, he would accidentally call her by um uh Black Widow actress Scarlett, Johansson. Scarlett Johansson's name from time to time. Uh, and so, so like Joss Whedon's Joss Whedon's mind was not in the game of Justice League. He was still thinking Avengers: Age of Ultron, apparently, apparently. So, anyways, anyways, I say let's move into spoiler territory. Let's let's jump into yeah, it. absolutely. 
All um, right. So Steppenwolf's we- armor is so cool. Like that's oh, what yeah. like, held me on like throughout like oh, the yeah. beginning parts that I, I struggled with. Like, but man, his armor, I like and how it flickers. Yeah. It flickered. Like it always flickered and I loved that. Yeah, it was reactive, like uh yeah, like, it was. It, it sensed was- danger and, and it it gets all spiky and things. Yeah. And I just, went, I just and, and let, let, let's be honest. That scene when he had like fifteen arrows in him and then he just flexed all his muscles breaking those ah! oh! Oh! <laughs> oh my word. Even my son and daughter were were making those same noises when they saw that. They're like, ah that's so cool. Yeah, I really liked him. I I, I yeah. realized, like I kind of wanted more dark side because I was like I oh, my yeah. expectations were in the realm of I was expecting a dark side to come through and they would have to like fight him back. So I was kind of bummed that we didn't get dark side, but I'm still glad like we got a like I still felt like it was a good plot, yeah. a good setup. Um, I kind of liked it like really jumping ahead. How at the very end, dark side's like pretty much to paraphrase it and put it in Jekka terms. Well, I guess we're doing it the old-fashioned way. Like, let's hop on the spaceship and travel across the universe. Like, I thought that was funny. Like, in, in a way, I actually laughed when he said that. He's like, "Ready the armada," and I was just like, "Hee hee, old-fashioned way." But, but like, I love that line. I love yeah. that line. In fact, we'll listen to it in, in just a moment. But yeah, I love that line. It was so freaking cool. Yeah, Dark Side was epic in this. You know, I I wonder. I wonder. I know a lot about Darkseid. I, I and I wonder if if people who don't know a lot about Darkseid, like if that like I don't know. It's, okay, Amanda's raising her hand. I know Amanda's raising her hand. It's really funny. how did how did Darkseid come off for Okay. You? So here was my problem, and I, I this was my problem in Batman vs. Superman, and they carried they they took the problem and ran with it just like I expected them to. Where if you are not heavy into the comics, you are missing you know, things and you can feel it. It's not like not they're really. like like light Easter eggs. It's like Well I think they they explained everything they needed to about Darkseid. Because Dark you know the comics. No, 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 no. Look, okay. No, no. They explained yes, because they explained I, to me how they explained to me when I didn't understand a bunch of stuff. And the only reason I know as much as I did is because of you. What they Okay, what well, all you needed to know about all you needed to know about Darkseid is that he's so freaking awesome that even Steppenwolf, who you watch an entire movie being awesome, like immediately backs away in terror and like bows okay, to the So dude. I'm so glad you could explain exactly what I went <laughs> okay, through. Okay, all right, what do you, what'd you go watching through? this film, <laughs> not knowing anything about Darkseid. I want to know, Amanda, like what, like what, what did you feel like were gaps in your knowledge about Darkseid? So I mean it. There was no motive for Darkseid. I mean, I'm getting motives from everyone else and I'm getting that. And it's like, why is Darkseid just like taking out every world? It seems really pointless. Well, the, and they explain that. Okay. I obviously I missed maybe that like 20 seconds of them explaining well, it because I watched the whole thing. He, he, every time he, every time he's brought in and he's talked in literally every single scene, he's talking about the anti-life equation. That's what motivates him. That's what he wants. But why? But why? (laughs) Because, because it gives him all power over every sentient being in the multiverse. Why? Why would? Why would a bad person want ultimate power? For, for me, 
that was clearly established for me, like what exactly it does. And I've, I, well, I know where they were heading towards it because you talked about it to me. And so I know more than most people. And for me, it just, it fell really flat. The whole point of dark side. So, all right. I was going to save this for later, but I think we should listen to it now. Okay. So this is, uh, this is, uh, parts, the, the, the couple parts of the movie that talk specifically about the anti-life equation and dark side wanting it. So here we go. Let's listen to that right now. Have you finished the conquest? Not yet, Deshaun. Then why do you summon me? I bring news. Before mighty Darkseid came to the throne, he searched the universe for the ultimate weapon. The anti-life equation. The key to controlling all life and all will throughout the multiverse. He found it hidden on a primitive planet, but before... The story of the Defiance is well known. I have found the primitive planet. The world that fought back. It is Earth. The anti-life equation is carved into the surface of this very world. Are you certain? I have seen it. I have looked with my own eyes on anti-life. Here it comes. I told you. Steppenwolf would fail. Yes. Yes, you did. My master, now that the mother boxes have been destroyed, how will you retrieve your great prize? Anti-life is found, Desaad, 
and we will stop at nothing to possess it. Ready the Armada? We will use the old ways. So there, there you go. So in other words, he's been wasting huge amounts of time destroying worlds, looking for anti-life instead of going, check, nope, not there. And go, nope, not there. And just like doing quick runs and checks. No, he has to take them all to dust because he's a moron and can't do things quickly. Why, why are you jumping to these crazy? Cl- it, it, you're, you're trying to prove that there's like no, what, a look. method to his madness. And I find no method. No, what you're okay. Bef- that's not the direction this conversation was going. Earlier, you're saying Darkseid had no motivation. I, I still when, don't and, really see the motive. And in every single scene of Darkseid, he's talking about the anti-life equation. We just listened to it. The only other scenes. So, Austin. Um, yeah, I hate to interrupt you, but I gotta, I gotta agree with the man on this only on the premise that. The search for the anti-life equation is a pretty weak. Um, it's a pretty weak thing to be looking for. We need a reason. He wants to look for this anti-life equation. Why? Because he wants to rule the universe. Why? What What is his motivation behind that? I mean, we go back to Avengers, uh, Infinity War, and Endgame. Thanos wanted to equalize the universe. He wanted to fix something. He had a, an ultimate goal in mind. Darkseid just wants to rule the universe? I mean, that's pretty one-dimensional when in a cast of characters that are proven to be relatively, um, have relative depth. Is he just Joker with, um, like, tons of power? He just wants to watch the worlds burn? This is all set up, man. Dude. We just well, we just set up failed because no. I don't get it. Say an answer to all these questions. I will quote the villain from the Great Muppet Caper when Kermit <laughs> asks him, "Why are you doing this?" and he responds with, "It's because I'm a villain. It's pure and simple." <laughs> okay, so but I want my villains to have depth. <laughs> it's true. No, yeah, there is like I feel like. I'm trying to remember. Like it has been a long time since I've known about Darkseid, but to there, me, Darkseid is the equivalent of Thanos, and Thanos is in a way like it's actually it's actually the, it's the other it's, way around. It's the other Thanos way around. So okay, pause, pause real quick. Who was the main villain of Justice League? Steppenwolf. All they're doing was giving a brief introduction to Darkseid. They're not. Did you want another thirty minutes added to the four-hour movie so that way you can have full backstory they on Darkseid? No, out that weird bank scene that was like entirely pointless. You didn't what like Wonder done. Woman flexing her awesomeness. Yeah, that I was su- pretty awesome. You have to it remember. was awesome, but it no, was, no, no, it, it, no, I, no. It had no story value. You have to remember. At this point, we did not have Wonder Woman or Wonder Woman nineteen eighty-four. What was the whole? We barely had a Wonder Woman okay. introduction in Batman vs. So Superman. Let's go to the bank scene then. What was with those villains at the bank scene? They just want to like destroy like 
modern that society? Whole... Who are these people? Why are Why... they important? Why would we Amanda, be giving them? <laughs> if you're stuck on that, then you're way confused about this movie because those that was that was literally nothing with the plot of any sort. It was... Why was it in there? To you show know, Wonder Woman, to give her, to show off her powers, okay, to say you can have a man guys without weird. We didn't have the Wonder Woman movie. Yeah, why did we need to have the whole "let's kill everybody" because, part of it? I mean, and, getting money is the motivation. Yes. Okay. And so they made this. Nobody movie. on the internet cares about that scene. Seriously. Now, go, going back to what we were talking about earlier. No, you're wrong. Nobody on the internet cares about the small little bank heist scene. But it was I only care. an inter That's because you're just trying to nitpick a movie so that you can be the. I hate DC stuff. No, it was. Yes, you are, Amanda. Oh, Austin. Austin. Sorry, Bobby. Sorry, Bobby. <laughs> uh, let, let me ask you this. Um, with the anti-life thing, what would you say if he just got rid of all references to that and simply said, I found what he's looking for and left it at that, left it at well, that, that mystery. That would be even worse. Amanda would be like, what is he looking for? No, no, no. but that would leave no, a mystery. Like, mystery. What, is he, what does he want? It's an that, obvious cliffhanger. Yes. Those are obvious cliffhangers. Oh, it's the right. anti-life equation is an obvious cliffhanger. Mm, no, because... No. It it makes him one dimensional by giving him a reason for wanting Earth, a reason to actually come there beyond just saying, "Yeah, well, you did what you could do. We'll get to it when we get to it." He's like, "Oh crap, the stuff I want is on Earth. I'm gonna go get it." Yeah, it it, it adds to it instead of detracting from it because now oh, I'm trying with. Oh, he, I found what you want. Okay, he wants something. I get that motivation. Whereas yes. they're trying to give him He this, wants the anti-life equation. Yeah. Which well, was taken Okay, from once him. you introduce the anti-life equation, you have to explain it they in did. more detail. They... <laughs> do you want another 30 minutes to add it to the movie? Do you want me to explain... What yeah, is? but you could have gotten rid of 30 minutes from the movie. The thing is that you... Those, uh, two, those two clips with Darkseid were not 30 minutes. They were like 2 minutes and 30 seconds. They did not... 2 minutes and 30 seconds did not ruin a movie, guys. The good, two the, minutes. the good part about that is exactly what you said. 2 minutes and 30 seconds. Or thereabouts. They didn't overshadow Steppenwolf, but they gave him more of a reason to by having Darkseid and Disaid there, it gave Steppenwolf way more of a reason to be there. And one thing I absolutely loved was when Disaid said uh, said something to the effect of uh, you betrayed him, you you were supposed to bring 50,000 uh, worlds to him. Yeah. I'm he's sitting like, there yeah. I'm sitting there looking up, what did he do? How did he betray him? I want to know that. That's what I want to know. What yeah. did what did Steppenwolf do to piss him off that much? What, that why was did, awesome. We should have a movie just about Steppenwolf. Yeah. That's what they should do. We should well, be they, 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 in, There's a villain the, I really like. In the movie... In the movie, they did mention what Steppenwolf did, like, briefly. Something to do with his family. I didn't get it what it was. It was just Steppenwolf, family. Steppenwolf uh, was helping somebody usurp Darkseid's throne. 
Okay. That's what happened. All right. Austin, you can understand this because you no. know the what I, I listened to the movie, Amanda. I was I was I, Austin. Austin. That, that's I not in a comic book that I know of, Amanda. <laughs> I don't I I, I know more about Dark Side. I don't know really anything about Steppenwolf. But they said that in the movie. Austin, I think the point is is that because it was so long, a small, quick uh soundbite can get lost in the shuffle. But when no, you I, when I you dwell that. on it when you dwell on it like they dwell on the anti-life equation, it's uh, it becomes more of a point. It's like, okay, this is important. Why is it important? If they said, oh, he did this, that's that's a story that we can expand on. We when uh, when they're dropping these little tidbits, they need to drop them in such a way that it's something that they can expand on in the next movie. Like uh, for yes, instance, the anti-life equation. Is something that they will expand upon. In fact, no, they didn't. They need to drop the whole thing and start from scratch because what? It, it's, why? Why are you I don't that mad over from this? Scratch. I, they, and keep in mind, this is just they've they've been one... they have been teasing what the anti-life equation does since Batman vs Superman in all of those nightmare scenes, to include the scene where Superman's holding dead Lois. Sorry, uh, sorry for a spoiler. Uh, they're teasing what happens. Wonder Woman dying. All these things are things because of the anti-life equation. Superman becoming an, uh, a villain is because of so the anti-life equation. in other equation. words, this is a great series for people who are already fans, but it's not bringing new fans in it, because I can't follow. Yeah, I mean, there, there's no real introduction. Like... We see what, these. What it, what it, what is so difficult to understand about this? Seriously, no. Think about this for a second. You're not think willing of, to no, understand no. why it's difficult. No, You've I'm trying to. It's un- not. No, you, you. It's like it's like a Harry Potter fan saying Harry Potter's the movie's terrible because uh, because of some spell that levitates something doesn't make sense to me. It's a spell. They learned the spell, and now they can do it. The well, anti-life equation is a spell that lets you take away the free will. Great non-comparison there. It lets you take. Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. It's it, it's yeah. It's it, not a good comparison. Austin, Austin, taking away the free will is something that wasn't explained. At least not to the point where the average Joe or the average nerd would understand it. Keep in mind, there are people like myself, and I would I would dare say Amanda and. Um, and Brady here, who aren't really all that big of DC fans. Are you a DC fan, Brady? Not particularly. Yeah, I, I am. I'm biting into it more, but but I would not qualify myself as a DC fan. Yeah. Now we know we know these things about the MCU because the MCU took the time to say or uh, took the baby steps. Yes. Now, the what Amanda's getting at is the DC universe is assuming is making an assumption of a certain level of competence with the DC uh, with the DC universe. Yeah, it does throw some explanation in there, but not to the level the MCU is. And so, it's making the barrier to entry just just a little bit higher than I think what Amanda would like. She'd like it to be down here. You, or it's currently set up here. The, the, Am I getting look, that right? This, this yes. was all yes. 
to tease these and I elements. know for a fact did you, wait, no, that the did you uh, understand the doctor that my son saw did today. you understand the mother boxes that is what this movie okay. was about the, the animation is supposed to be for the next film the, the eye doctor i saw film. today and his assistant were not interested at all in the snyder cut because they've already like they've already been turned off by the previous dc movies you can't build off of movies that are already turning people away. I don't know about that. Uh, we did still have uh, the this Incredible not, Hulk. How are you? How are you saying this is turning people away? This has broken so many records around the world. This has gotten more downloads in like India and Japan and all over the place than any other movie. So I don't. I don't understand how you're saying. That this is like some terrible movie. I think she's talking about the rotten foundation theory of uh, yes. of filmmaking. If you uh, if you are going to build a universe, if you're going to build a story, you can't build it on a foundation of rotted locks. And you have they, to sweep it away and rebuild the foundation. So what she's suggesting is either a reboot or a harder soft reboot of the universe. And frankly, like, this is the best of the Snyder movies, but it brings all of the bad baggage with it. I think it is possible, and I think that this is the soft reboot that we needed. I really do. I mean, for any of the the faults that we've complained about in this movie, this movie was fantastic. I agree with you that on that, Bob. I think this was like, you know, I, I complained that like how long it was and you did too, Bob, that it was just like, it's four hours and that's a mm-hmm. long time. And, and it's funny because like, you know, I, I think it felt longer to me because I was watching it at home. If I was at the movie mm-hmm. theater, like the only time I've ever felt that a movie was so long and I was getting antsy in the movie theater was when I saw King Kong. Um, All right. Forever ago. Like, that was like three and a half hours. Are you talking about the Jack Black one? Yes. I love that one. Um, I just remember like 30 minutes into it, I was antsy already. But anyways, um, and I I think like, but but yeah, it was like, but at the same time that those two hours of establishing the characters was, I, I felt was very much needed. Um, it was. It, it was. was very much needed because then, you like I actually understood Cyborg's backstory. Like, and I understood. Oh like, man, that made him so much more of a character. Yeah, didn't it, it made him like more relatable. Um, I loved Barry Allen. Like, oh my gosh, Ezra Miller. Like, he's such he a dork. Nailed him. I was like, yes, <laughs> so funny. Um, and even such a, in this so one, different too, than like, Grant Johnson. And and even like um. Like this, this Zack Snyder's film. Like I was, I always thought that Ben Affleck did a great job at being Batman. And this one, I actually liked it even more. I liked oh, it how yeah. Batman was the one who's not a team player. Like if you watch any of the Justice League TV cartoons, any of that, like Batman is the one that's kind of like in and out of the Justice League. But I liked it how Zack Snyder made him like the one that's trying to bring them together. The person that is the least team player is trying to make a team. Because he felt bad for, like you know, for what he did in Batman versus Superman, so I really liked that about this, and 
And that's like, and that's where like, yeah, it's a long movie. Like I, I appreciate those chapter breaks. I used them, but I did really like that by the time the team was that first time when they tried to do a fight together and it fell apart and they realized, oh, we really need to work together. Like you could see how they all mesh together, like how they would be able to come together and, and like how they're weaknesses would balance out each other's strengths and all that stuff and so like i i like that was the thing i did like about the length of the movie is that you got that um yeah the wonder woman scene like felt like it was kind of like rehash material but then yeah i was like oh wait this he's he's literally like redoing the movie and we got this justice league first and then wonder woman so like after watching wonder woman and going back to this is kind of like look this is weird that wasn't necessary but like it Let me was play up that a little bit. So, um, now the Avengers uh, Infin- Infinity War and Endgame did this a little bit, but this movie really mastered this. Um, this felt like a uh, felt like a um, a story arc in a, co- a comic books or a crossover story arc that you yes. see in comic books. And for those who, of you who are these or who may not know. Um, Crossover events happen just about once a year per um, uh, per publisher, and they cover a, a whole series of different characters. And the they can they can be part or the story is part of all of these different comic books as well as its own comic book that's tying in multiple interweaving threads. Um, Avengers did it a little bit, but this one this one really did it. Where you really felt like you were watching a comic book. Whereas with the MCU, you're watching a movie about superheroes. But this one, I felt like I was watching a comic book. The same thing with most of the DC Universe. And that that just dawned on me that that's what's so jarring about the DC Universe. It's a comic book as a film. Where, where the Marvel is a film about a comic book character. Does that make sense to you guys? It makes And I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. What do you think of that, Austin? So I want to talk about the future of the DCEU. So check this out. Warner Media. So Warner Media Studio CEO Anne Saranoff. All right. She is the decision maker on what will happen in the DCEU. And the only reason why we have the Zack Snyder's Justice League is because of the hashtag Snyder Cut movement, which is now turning into the hashtag Restore the Snyderverse. Now, the one and only person that really has to be convinced is this person. And a few hours ago, uh, thanks to Variety.com, they had a big interview talking about if that's even a possibility, restoring the Snyderverse and what's what the future of the DCEU holds. And so here is what she has to say, okay? Uh, this is actually a really, really long interview. So I just kind of clumped together a lot of the best pieces. There is going to be a link in the show notes if you want to see the full interview. But here we go. This is a bunch of uh, clumped pieces together. Okay, why did you decide to release the Snyder, Zack Snyder Justice League? We wanted to give Zach the opportunity to complete his vision in a four-hour movie, which is impossible to do in theaters. We're happy 
that we have HBO Max to let the rope out, as it were, and allow the fans to see all four hours of Zack's vision. The campaign for hashtag release of Snyder Cut has moved into a new phase. It's now hashtag restore the Snyderverse. What's your reaction to this new campaign? Quote, I appreciate that they love Zack's work, and we are very thankful for his many contributions to DC. We're just so happy that we can bring his cut of Justice League to life because that wasn't in the plan until about a year ago. With that comes the completion of his trilogy. We're very happy we've done this, but we're very excited about the plans we have for all multi-dimensional DC characters that are being developed right now. We are the shepherds of the franchise, and hopefully when fans see what we've got in store, they'll know that DC's in good hands with many different creators. We want different voices in the mix. For fans that want singular voices, they may be disappointed, but we would ask them to be patient and see what we've got in store because perhaps the newer voices in the mix will have just as compelling stories to tell. End quote. What are your plans going forward for DC? Quote, we've got an incredible group of creators, television series creators, Mac series creators, feature film creators, who are basically broadening the base of the talent that we work with on DC because we're so excited about the potential to build out the DC multiverse. The before and after was a, it was a very siloed, organization with no connectivity between the businesses. DC was being developed, but in kind of a monolithic way in each division. We really want to surprise and delight the fans with more connective tissue across the various media platforms. We have weekly meetings with our key execs in every division. Now around the table, it's not just Warner Brothers film, television, and games, but it includes HBO and HBO Max and the Turner Networks, Adult Swim, the Kids and Family Networks. We are involving all of those people in our plans going forward. These movies and TV series can take two plus years to make. So if you're not planning out and bringing other people into that plan, it further accentuates the siloed division. Fans could see the siloed division in DC because they saw this character in the movies And it had nothing to do with that character in TV. Creating that more unified vision, you'll see a lot more of that going forward. The connective tissue in the middle is Jim Lee, who oversees DC Comics. Jim lives and breathes the the canon of DC, and he works with all the divisions to make sure the storylines are true to the canon. He helps them come up with ideas for new storylines. Jim is very much in the middle of everything, but the group together helps spur on new ideas but there's not one person calling the shots because i want all the voices in the room to offer their expertise and knowledge of their formats end quote <coughs> so that is what the future of dc looks like which i i i, I like i think uh i think everything she said is great you know i i like uh zack snyder's justice league quite a bit but not honestly necessarily because Zack Snyder did it, but because I thought he introduced some things, AKA dark side to really make this movie look, you know, look and feel awesome and epic. 
Um, and in a world post Thanos, you know, what, what's, what's the MCU doing right now? They are, I mean, they're releasing great movies, but they're kind of like villain of the week movies. They, they, we, we have no idea where the new MCU is exactly taking us. And so to have Zack Snyder's Justice League introduce Darkseid, introduce these huge plot elements, I think it kind of fills that, that vacuum of nerddom where we want something super epic that we know is right around the corner. And so, so do we get restore the just or restore the Snyderverse? You know, I, I don't know. I, I would say probably not, honestly, but I do think that they could continue dark side story in a justice league too, whether Zack Snyder's involved or not. I, I think, I think they have to, I think, I think they can't just introduce dark side and then, you know, never bring him back up. Um, so. I would riot because the fact that they left it open, I yeah. was like, yeah. And like, yeah. I really like dark side. Like he's a big baddie. That's, you know, he's a force to be reckoned with. And so like, yeah, I was, I was hoping we would get a fight with dark side. And the fact that I didn't get that, I'm like, okay, well I need that fight with dark side now. Like, yeah. MCU gave us the Thanos fight. I need a dark side fight now. So yeah, part of me is like, maybe this was like good because yeah, I feel like exactly what it's like you said that the MCU, you know, once you defeat the big baddie or stop the apocalypse, like what's next? Yeah. What, what is next? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't really know where they're going in the MCU. I mean, I know we got, you know, Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. I'm assuming there's going to be some multiverse craziness going on, but but what is what where what direction are we going in like i think we got spoiled by the mcu because for like a good 10 movies we all knew that they were moving in the direction of the infinity gauntlet you know well from what i've been told about that is they're trying to get away from letting us know what's coming up as much because then we don't focus on the actual one movie that's what well, i've been I hearing I don't see. I don't see why that's a bad thing. I don't know why they MCU would say, you know, it didn't You're work for us. Let's MCU change it. DC Universe crossover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, uh, we're running a little long. Uh, last thoughts on uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Anything we want to talk about or DC EU? Last thoughts. Um, going around the table. I just want to throw this out there. It is worth watching. I'm going to say that. Like, it's long. Um, whether you're a DC fan or not, you're on Amanda's side or Austin's side. Like, I think it is worth watching. Um, it is nice that you can take breaks. And, like, HBO is great in that if you, like, full on are like, yeah, I can't watch anymore tonight, that's totally great because you can turn it off and come back the next day and it will save your spot. Because I've done that with other movies. <laughs> But yeah, I thought you it is it's definitely worth taking the time to watch. If I give my last thoughts, I'm getting duct taped to a chair. Well, okay. <laughs> well, you you comment my, look, my first. Look, I don't I don't understand your comments, Amanda, because because you, you led me to believe that you were you actually liked the movie. I and, was told to save it for the podcast, so you, I saved it. You liked the movie, and it was better than you expected, and that is what you were trying to say, like, for the last number of days. Because I couldn't say what I wanted to say. Which was what? What, did you want, what do you want to say? Say it. I did say it. If I say any more, you'll duct tape to me to a chair. So, uh, Amanda? 
I, I've never gotten when, mad when on you, a podcast. When you but I did not, tonight, I'll admit it. <laughs> so, so guys, guys, Amanda, Austin, when, when you guys are in bed and Austin's sleeping, does he roll over and mumble in his sleep? Save it for the podcast. <laughs> yes, 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 actually. <laughs> Yes, yes, <laughs> that that I'm yeah, that's true, man. That, that happens. Look, I I don't know. I I seriously am completely baffled. Look, look, I I'm not saying that you have to say that this is like like you know heaven on earth comic book film, but but you can't go you can't go into this movie and come out of it and say that movie was just plain bad. There's no way you can do that. There's there it is no way. Improvement on on the theatrical. Exactly. But it still doesn't make it great or good. It's an improvement. What was wrong with it? I disagree with you on that, Amanda. And, and, I thought it was amazing. And, and that's perfectly fine. And it's okay to disagree with me. And that's great. Why? He well, just no, doesn't seriously. accept that why I disagree, is it okay with to disagree with him. With no, give me a reason why. I want <laughs> I want to know why you don't like it. Like, <laughs> what was, what was so bad about it? Need to find I think she already Cause, said that. Because let's, let's be honest. MCU let's be honest. To balance, like, to me, Amanda, like, oh, If we were to go to Rotten Tomatoes right now, like, if we were to go to Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> this, this... This is getting incredibly high marks. Um, like the the come come on, computer. <laughs> okay, so I just want to the point out not there, getting high marks. there are four yeah, of really. us that have seen this. Four of us that have seen this. Okay, just pointing this Wait, out. Come on, come on, Rotten Tomatoes, load. <laughs> okay, where where is that? Okay. Z- yeah, seventy-three percent not- liked it. One, two, three no, of you on and the critics. me. Audience score ninety six percent. We're more like critics because we have a podcast. No, we're One, not. Two, we're nerds you and we're fans. Agree with the ones that liked it. I agree with the ones that didn't like it. But I why did you not like fair. it? Why did you not like it? Because she thinks Jason Momoa is ugly. That's why. Okay, <laughs> now we're good. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick. That scene. That scene with the lady singing and and like, you know. That was so weird. Yeah. I like, was like, why sniffing, it, yeah, sniffing his sweater, like like, all right, all right. All right, you creepers. What are you doing? I'm just gonna say this. That scene, I actually went and watched Aquaman. And by watch, I mean like I had it on in the background, but I didn't pay attention to it. Yeah. All right, all right, okay, what Brady? Uh-huh. I, I I am just going to say this. I pray for one of you that your couch is comfortable. For one of us? For, right. for, for either Amanda or Austin. Oh, okay. Right. I was going to say, I don't plan on sleeping on the couch. <laughs> I want to nerd out. I don't want to, you know. That's part of nerding out, uh, Austin. That's part of it. Okay, all right. Yes. You haven't answered my question, Amanda. Why did you not like We're it? We're not going into no, this because no. we're ending the podcast. Yes, we are. Final words. I want to know. Why did you not like it? <laughs> Why did you not like it? Why did you not like it? Like, seriously, I don't even know. I can't understand it. It wasn't a bad movie. It wasn't like. It wasn't a good movie either. <sighs> I would Why? also like to apologize to any listeners who are having to constantly <laughs> reach for their volume knob. Uh, I already, I've already apologized to those. On other uh, podcasts, but this one you've been going out there a lot. Oh my word! 
<laughs> okay, I I will say. Look at my my final words. My final words. Um, I am so excited that they did Dark Side so well as an introduction because uh, they really should bring Dark Side back into the DCEU fold canon or whatever this is called. Hey, that's funny. My my watch just gave me a loud environment. Uh, we're too loud. Decibels yes, you warning. are too loud. <laughs> it gave me a decibel warning. Anyways, um, I'm so glad they brought Dark Side in. They need to continue this story and show what happens when Dark Side arrives to Earth. Uh, whether Zack Snyder does it or not, you know, I, I, I think it would be great if he did, but honestly, I'm, I'm more interested in just continuing the story. And I think with the, uh, with the flash flashpoint stuff that they keep talking about with the multiverse stuff going on in the DC universe, they can still do this. They could still con- continue this and it could be part of the multiverse of, you know, DC Madden. could flashpoint. reboot the whole thing. It could. Yeah. Oh, so there's no problem. Point. Could make this canon. It could. It could. All right. All right. Any anything else, or is that it? <laughs> I think we're good. All right. Here we go. Hey, folks! Thanks so much for joining us on another adventure of Super Nerd Podcast. Sorry for whining so much this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but despite that, please hit that podcast subscribe button and leave us a review wherever. You're listening to us. Subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever else you find us. Next week, we're going to be talking Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And next week, I'm going to bash it all night long, Amanda. No, I'm not. You, because you can be a fan. You can be a fan of both DC and Marvel. This is not tribalism. Anyways, make sure to leave us a voicemail with your thoughts on Falcon and the Winter Soldier at anchor.fm slash supernerdpodcast and you just might be featured on the upcoming show. You can also email us your thoughts to supernerdpodcast at gmail.com or share your thoughts like uh, David and Daniel did earlier on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Search Podcast. Give us a like, give us a share and please tell your friends about us but from all of us at Super Nerd Podcast, stay nerdy my friends. Have fun. Hello. Are you on, dude? Au revoir. Reality drag you into my dark abyss Hit you with the wrath of a god because They call me the walking apocalypse Now you're bound to the alpha with a mega effect to enforce it If you're looking for limitless power I will sanction you to the source Unless you pledge your VOT to me A kneeling servitude Respect your elders I got well over 200,000 years on you My intelligence makes any goddess irrelevant So navigating this I have a certain air of arrogance You would never dare admit that this could be defeat 
You claim that you're immortal, I know death would disagree Give me everything that's in this world, it needs a balance Take this for example, only one can lead the challenge I could snap you in the dust, so trust me when I say That I'm only toying with you and your silly mega rays one ugly duckling, nothing next to the god of evil I personify the darkest side of all the awful people Far from peaceful, hostile, lethal My avatar is hardly equal Born to see my true form, it's colossal You are small and feeble I can use my intellect instead of fists for battling Since the glove fits, admit you're guilty of bedazzling I can read your thoughts, Thanos I know you're hoping I don't mention That your gauntlet doesn't operate outside your low dimension Born in the shadows, I've seen some dark times so forgive me if I laugh when they call you dark side Murder is a game, only better with the gem Change whatever, cause the power of the god that never ends Never ends, pick a stone, you can choose how you die Should I hurl you into space, take your soul as you fly Send you back in time, maybe I'll just borrow your mind Cause the reality is everything I'm touching, it dies Purple ass, black and blue with hands behind my back And wrecked you with an Omega beam that'll track your atoms Hide from that, no one's holding breath for your success With death as your corner, you're obsessed So let the side you to close a torture There are no variables in the anti-life equation formula I'll subtract you from existence, no one will be mourning you Boom, truth, you into my dimension Then I'll end you, I have galaxies to harvest Don't you have crops to tend to? Do you feel formidable, your every hit is pitiful and I'm not pulling punches, every organ hit is critical I'm a the lyrical, but now the flow's invincible And every bar that passes, it's a murder for the syllables You think I give a damn about you crushing the ring I could make you mine, nothing more than puppet and string And when it's all done and the battle is calm I'ma use you as a fertilizer back on my farm, back on my farm.